As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. After a long, long time in the wilderness, AC Milan are defending Serie A champions, they're in the Champions League, and like an ever-growing number of European clubs, they are owned by an American firm. On the Athletic Football Podcast, Mark Chapman, Matt Slater, and James Horncastle discussed how Milan has turned it around and why the way forward might lead the club away from their iconic home stadium, the San Siro. I'm Alex Abnos from The Athletic, and this is Soccer Every Day for Tuesday, September 13th. First of all, the overall American influence, James, within Italian football now, and and how welcome that is in general by Italian football fans. But secondly, the potential that is there not only with Milan, but with Serie A, bearing in mind, we, I mean, we've talked many times on, on the pods that it's probably the most competitive of the top five leagues in the sense of you probably have more potential title winners there than in any of the other top five. Yeah, I think that that stands up, uh, Chappers. I mean, the title race went down to the final day last season. It was really thrilling. Uh, if you followed it from start to finish. Um, and and also they've had three different champions in the last three years. Um, okay, it's the big three. Uh, Juventus, Milan and Inter. It's not like it was in the 80s when you had Hellas Verona and you had Napoli. And then at the beginning of the 90s, you had Samp winning it. But I think there's a feeling that at the start of every year, three teams will definitely be in contention, but there might be another four. Um, who could who could cause a bit of a surprise? Now, American investment in Serie A has been sort of going back uh, a decade now. Uh, I think most high profile, uh, the most important really was Jim Pilotta's investment in in AS Roma. He wanted to do what a lot of subsequent American investors would like to do, which is really kind of uh, leverage uh, the brand that is Rome, uh, leverage the culture that you have in Italy. It's just so many things that you can tap into there. And also, City Act clubs, for the most part, do not own their stadiums. Uh, their stadiums, more often than not, were built in the 1920s and 1930s when uh, Italy last hosted the World Cup, something Mussolini uh, was big on. Um, yeah, sport, athleticism, 
big part of his ideology. And since then, stadiums have not been renovated, new stadiums have not been built. And, and so if you can build a stadium, it obviously will add a lot of value to the club. If you're an investor, it'll help you make a return on your investment. But in a financial fair play framework as well, it gives you the chance to make revenue, which then you can plow back into the team. The team becomes better. You get in the Champions League more. You win things by being in the Champions League more, more eyeballs on your club, better sponsorship contracts. That's what it's all about. And Pelotti tried for a decade, yeah, essentially pri- to privately fund a stadium build, and it just never happened. And you know, we've seen other uh, investors come in, see the frustrations, uh, Fiorentina with Rocco Camiso in terms of getting a, a new stadium project off the ground there. It's been very difficult. Inter and Milan, I would say really driven by Milan uh, and Elliot, um, really have wanted to, to build a new stadium adjacent to San Siro. Um, you know, that has uh, touched a lot of nerves, uh, I think, uh, within at the Italian media, elements of the fan base as well, because of all the memories associated with San Siro, this, this, this feeling that it is one of the, the wonders of the world uh, in, in football as, as a stadium. But the reality is, is that Inter and Milan, there's a gap between what they make from their stadium and what the other top clubs in Europe make from their stadiums. It's, a, it's on average about 75 million. At its most extreme, the difference is 100 120 million. Um, and when people ask, you know, why are Milan and Inter not as competitive as they once were, even before we get to the TV rights argument and how far they lag behind the Premier League, you've got the stadium argument as well. So it is about infrastructure. And I think just as Pilotus saw there was a real opportunity in Southern Europe to build a, a new stadium for, for for live entertainment because you know it's just it's just difficult for the Rolling Stones and U2 to play at the Stadio Olimpico they can't get all their trucks in and all that sort of thing similarly similarly San Siro San Siro is a great venue but there could be a better venue for these things and it could be a venue that 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 adds value and, and brings a lot of revenue to to AC Milan and gets it back to where it once was yeah no I would massively agree the stadium issue with Italian football is massive you know we've heard. Mark, haven't we? We've had we've had um, uh, Kraus family who, who've bought into Parma. You know, we had the guy from Venezia. They, they all say the same thing. They, they they absolutely love Italian football, Italian wine, Italian food. They they love all that. The stadiums, the state. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I know James is James love. You know, so 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 immersed in Italian culture. He's been very polite about the San Siro. I'm I I, I like Italy. I'm, I've got a slightly different take on San Siro. It's a beautiful dump. Can I, just, can I just say to the to the people on the athletic, if you use this bit for social media, can you only tag can you only tag Matt in and not include either me or James? Yeah. Thank Listen, you. I did the selfies with the amazing staircases. I did all that. I did. I loved it. But the first thing you first thing that you you meet when you come out of the um, the tube station there is guys with shopping trolleys full of beers. Who will sell you, mm. you know, one euro cans of mm. cheap lager for two euros, right? Then you then you sort of kind of walk past this horrible metal fence to this row of quite nice food and booze, which is all just sort of uh, pop up tents and well not tents but like trucks, food trucks, Calabrian yeah, sausage baguettes, the, the, the sausage yeah. baguettes, wonderful. How much are AC Milan and Inter making out of that? Zero. And you got mm. all the scarves, all that there. Zero, right? So all the best food. Is from is is from trucks outside. You get inside the San Siro, right? Mike, I, I the the toilets were were interesting. Um, the 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 food 
Sorry, do they sell food inside the San Siro? James, have you have you have you tried to get warm food? I, there weren't there wasn't any available when I went in the away section, and I and I'm led to believe that that Elliot and Redbird have been a couple of times and could, and, and they just couldn't believe it either. You know, climbing over TV cables. Uh, I think one area was flooded. You know, you know, rolling their shoes and socks. I mean, just it's 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 a it's beautiful. It's historic. It's iconic. All those things. It's like forty years out of date. At least. Isn't the interesting thing here, I'd rather give a guy two euros <laughs> for a can of lager outside the stadium than 15 euros yeah. to some wealthy financier for exactly the same inside the stadium. Mark, that's why you're a dinosaur. <laughs> what, you're, you're, you're not the customer of the future, Mark. <laughs> get, but, come yeah, on. Think of... Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I, I can see it from their business, but I'm also about. I can see it from their. I, I can obviously see it from Redbirds or Elliot's perspective, and 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 how you maximise your revenues from your stadia. All I'm trying to, it. All I'm trying to highlight is the difference between authentic and just making money. I suppose. Yes. And 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 you know, fans are not stupid and. Will no. not want to be taken for a ride. That's kind 100%. of that's, that's kind of. My and we've 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 had that debate, haven't we, at West Ham and the Olympic Stadium and the amount they were charging for their beers, right? It's it's a it's a really good point. I'll, yeah. I'll make I'll make a, a serious point that James, will, I'm sure, will have stuff to say because this is the this is one of the the big I would say probably the biggest decision that Redbird have to make at the moment. Everything else is fine, right? I think there'll be an awful lot of talk of continuity. I mean, we're almost certainly going to get um, uh, AC games on the Yankees sports network. I suspect AC Milan will be playing at Yankee Stadium very, very soon yeah. next summer. You know, there'll be merchandise in each other's shops. All of that obvious stuff. The big decision they've got to make is the stadium. So the idea, as James is outlining, is to basically rebuild the San Siro in partnership again with Inter. Big problems at Inter. Do you trust Inter as a partner who are going through the same sort of havoc that AC went through a few years ago? Almost exactly the same havoc. All right, so there's, there's that. Or do you do what Juve do, have done? You go out on your own, you build your own stadium, and you properly own it. They've, Elliot have already identified a site, a brownfield site. I think it's an old steelworks in a part of uh, Milan called Sesto. There's pictures out there. I suspect AC are leaning towards... Let's have our own stadium. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I think the stadium uh, conversation... Uh, in Milan has been very interesting over the last four years um, because I think right from the get-go, uh, Milan have wanted to drive forward a project. They've yeah, got all the drawings, they've hired architects, they've gone through possible designs. And there have been a couple of things that have complicated this. One is COVID, where the, the city is thinking about surviving 
rather than thriving. So all of a sudden, kind of stadium projects, just not priority in the mayor's office anymore. The other, as Matt alluded to, Inter um, and what's been going on there. Uh, we've written about it on, on, on The Athletic, how Suning, the owners of Inter, their business interests have been crushed um, significantly in, uh, in in China, and you also look at the, how, how that club was 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 being run. Yeah, they they spent an awful lot of money um, over the last few years. It's often been sort of the owner cutting checks to do that, rather than what we've seen at Milan, which is let's sign young players early, uh, buy low, sell high, sustainable business operation. And so, even the mayor put out a statement. I think in 2021, saying, uh, I need to see from Inter, I need some cl- clarity whether they can be a good partner in this project. Now, Inter really pushed back strongly on that and condemned what the mayor had said. But at the moment, as, as the mayor has got re-elected, because he was also standing ele- for election, that was, a, that was another factor. The stadium got the green light, but then you have all these groups basically saying, actually, we want a say on this as well. And he has been kind of criticized for basically um, saying, well, I'm backing this project. But it's kind of, it, it's, it's, it feels like it hasn't moved forward a lot. Milan would say it's kept moving forward, but it doesn't feel like it's, it's, it's come on, uh, it's accelerated as we've come out of COVID. And so there is this opportunity in, in, in Sesto San Giovanni and as much as people would would like them to, you know, sort of, well, not even rebuild, uh, not even build a stadium next to San Siro, but just do what we've seen at Anfield or at uh, other clubs where they've redeveloped the existing stadium. The problem with that is the cost of redeveloping San Siro is as much or as prohibitive as building a completely new one, except if you were just to redevelop San Siro, you would get lesser results and less revenue than you would from building a new one. So it, it doesn't really make a lot of business sense to, to redevelop San Siro, uh, as, 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 as much as that tugs at all of our heartstrings. And of course, as, as Matt has said, I mean, one of the kind of very underrated parts of Juventus' success when they won the league nine years in a row is the Allianz Stadium. That is the key Difference. That's something that no one else had in Italy, and it guaranteed Juventus an amount of revenue, extra revenue every year that 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 their the competitors didn't have, and they could reinvest it in the team. The team could get better. That's why they were so dominant. And so, I mean, if, if you're if you're the ownership group of, of AC Milan, or if you're an ownership group of any club in Italy at the moment, you want that, I think, for your club. And and certainly, why would you share a stadium? If you're not playing one Sunday, you're away from home and Inter have to play there uh, that Sunday. It's, 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 it's a weekend when you can't, I don't know, bring the NFL over. It's a weekend when you, you can't have a, a stadium or a conference. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot going for Sesto San, Gio- San Giovanni. It's not as central to Milan um, as, as, as San Siro is. I think there's an American conglomerate involved as well, which kind of would facilitate it. The business case for Sesta San Giovanni is quite compelling, but I'd say much more compelling. Thanks so much again to the Athletic Football Podcast for that. And keep in mind, it's just a little bit of that conversation 
uh, Matt and James go much more in depth into how Milan got into their current situation before and after that clip. If you want to listen to that episode or find the Athletic Football Podcast, you can find it wherever you're listening to this show. Just search for the Athletic Football Podcast in the app. Before we go, a TV guide for today. As usual, all times are Eastern, and as you might expect, there is a lot of Champions League and a lot of MLS today. So first, starting with the Champions League in the afternoon, there are a few games at 12.45 p.m., but the one I would choose to watch if you had to choose just one would be Sporting Lisbon versus Tottenham Hotspur. That will be on Paramount Plus and Today NA in the United States, also on DAZN in Canada. And at 3 p.m., we have a whole lot of games and so many really that I had to choose three instead of the usual one. So, you know, use your judgment here. Uh, the ones that I picked out are Bayer Leverkusen versus Atletico Madrid. Atletico Madrid, of course, coming off that amazing uh, nine minutes of stoppage time that turned into 12 minutes of stoppage time that contained all of the goals in their last game, which they won over Porto. Let's see if they can do something even remotely like that again. That'll be on Paramount Plus, zone, all the usual places. Also at 3 p.m., Bayern Munich versus Barcelona. We previewed this game extensively with John Muller yesterday, particularly talking about Frankie de Jong and how his role has changed with Barcelona. If you want to hear that episode, just rewind in the feed. And then also at 3 p.m., Olympique Marseille hosting Eintracht Frankfurt. Two teams that don't play each other very often, but could be an interesting matchup. It's usually these games that have the potential to spin out and become some of the more chaotic uh, things that you'll see in the Champions League all year. We'll see if that happens with this one. If it does, I'll definitely claim a lot of credit. And if it doesn't, you'll never hear from me about it again. That is on Paramount Plus and VIX. Uh, later on, we have a lot of MLS games tonight, and playoff spots are starting to get secured, or seeds are starting to get secured anyway. At 8 p.m., Minnesota United hosts Los Angeles FC. LAFC have been struggling recently, but they can still clinch the top spot in the Western Conference with a win away from home at Minnesota United. That will definitely be worth watching on ESPN Plus or your local station if you happen to live in either of those places. At 7.30 p.m., CF Montreal taking on Chicago Fire. Uh, Montreal, they've, they've already secured a playoff spot. They're having a great season. They'll likely host a playoff game. But if they lose this game, Philadelphia will clinch the number one spot, thus continuing a really fantastic few weeks uh, for the Philadelphia Union, who have been on an absolute tear lately. Last but certainly not least, 8 p.m. Inter-Miami versus Columbus Crew. That will be on ESPN+. Plus. If Miami loses or draws this game, the New York Red Bulls will secure a playoff spot. Uh, Miami right now five points behind Columbus, who are right on the playoff line, and New England is lurking just between them. Really, really interesting to close the season in the Eastern Conference. Most MLS teams have three or four games remaining. So, you know, this could get really exciting, and it starts here midweek. This show is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic. Thanks so much for listening, and happy soccer to you all.